I'd be afraid to go to Cuba now. Sad to say. For the same reasons? Yeah. They've, I've written things and done things, and they know. They, and they I, don't they like really, it. They don't like I, that internet you brought there, Larry. They're very I, unhappy with that internet you brought. Please. November 28, 2012. It's episode 34 of Yats. It's yet another tech show every week. Yetanothertechshow.com. That's our site. Check it out. Watch live at yetanothertechshow.com. Slash live. That's the live page. Join us in the chat. I'm Matt Lee. Join me tonight. As always, we got Ant Pruitt. What's up, Ant? Gentlemen, what's going on? We got Larry Press. How you doing, Larry? Hi, you guys. And special guest filling in for Mike Rothman's shoes, Patrick Jordan. How you doing, Patrick? Back again? Hi there. Real well. Good. Excellent. Good to have you. Uh, I guess we should actually, I, I want to start out with this just because I think it's interesting and I want to get what, I want to see what you guys think about what our little Mars rover might have possibly found. If anything, this could just be a, a prayer for more research money. I, I don't know. But there was an article that came out on the New York Times on the 27th yesterday about something that the Mars rover Curiosity found and the scientists that are working on it they're you know good scientists before they come out and are like look we found something that has completely changed the the course of of history and the future and everything they they want to check and double check and triple check like we saw with the Higgs boson and everything um but one of the project scientists came out uh, John Grotzinger and he said quote this data is going to be one for the history books. It's looking really good. And then he declined to say anything more. So just with that history books, I mean, that could be a lot of things. I mean, we're doing a lot of firsts with the Mars rover and, and everything. What do you guys think it found? Ant, any speculations? I think it just found him another couple of days, couple of weeks on the job. Some job that's security. Yeah, Show me it. job security. <laughs> Survey set. All right. I mean, I hate to be a skeptic like that, but you as have I to said, be though. You several, have to be. You know, several several weeks ago when when it first landed, you know, it was great getting that device out there and doing it all with a remote control and all of the scientific planning that went into it outstanding yeah it moved the whole 60 feet and give me gave me some images it was like spinning brodies in the in yeah, the sand you know, there just it, to... it, that was that was great you that know cool. but now i need to see something else i mean what I've would and say anything about what the guy was referring to well the the article speculates they say fossils living microbial martians maybe the carbon-based molecules known as organics which are the building blocks of life uh, there's so much excitement that could be set off by a passing hint of reflects the enduring yeah, fast. Who knows? It's got to have something to do with life. Maybe, it's but maybe. I that the guy would just say that no more. That's bogus. So what? What is for your money? What is worth saying that? Yeah, this is this is going in the history books, Larry. What would oh, they God. have? Life. A little piece of dog poop. Some dog food. Yeah, and dog poop. Oh, dog poo. Some. Yeah, some we have a lot of that in our backyard. Right. Yeah. Okay, and. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm with Larry there, you know. You know, if they they're gonna show that it's quote unquote signs of life or whatever, show me show me something moving. Well, now, now no one's saying that. I'm saying it's for the history books. So would it have to be signs of life for you to say, yeah, that's worthy of of the history books? Or no, it's got to be signs of life that's going on, not signs of life that's past, like methane. Gas yeah. in the atmosphere, or something yeah. like that. No, I, 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 I go for signs of life that's past. Even uh, that would be pretty, you know, because that, that would kind of give life somewhere else in the universe, and that would give credence to the theory, possibly that you know something hit Mars, got some life on it, and then hit the Earth, and that's how we ended up on the Earth. That we maybe came from Mars. What's that called? Not panspermia, but 
the other. Or that it just somehow evolved there because uh, they yeah. have, I guess they're convinced of water, right? At yeah, one time. Convinced of water. water right? Patrick, what do, you, what do you think? What's, what's worth your money for uh, in the history books? What would it have to be? I, I think I'm with the program. I think some life. evidence that life is, you know, was possible there at some point or, or is now. Um, I guess it'd be like bonus ball if it, like, they discover life and it's like Bigfoot and the Loch Ness monster and it's like all wrapped into water. Right. Or something. Like a portrait of all three of them, like holding hands at a Disneyland or something. Yeah, uh, with the predator and the alien. Yeah, right. <laughs> group shot or something. For sure, for sure. And that's what uh, one of the investigators said. If it's historic, I think it's organics. That would be historic in my book. So there, we're all on kind of the same page here. Um, what else could it be besides life that would maybe hold up? I mean, can you can we think of anything else it might be that would be historic? Like it's a, such an unknown. Man. I know, and isn't it? It's so like a, a desert-looking landscape. You know what? What? What could we expect to see just from the landscape that we see every other week? You know? Yeah, like we found another rock. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he will say that the rover looked up and saw a giant meteor that's coming towards Earth. So y'all yeah. better <laughs> better watch out. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's interesting though. I mean, it's cool that it's it's only been up there for what? How long now? Like months, and it's already Two months, f- maybe already finding something. So. Uh, it's really, it's really strange that they would release a news release or something that didn't. that was so vague. I, what's yeah, that? and it could be absolutely nothing. It could be. It could turn out to be like that. Um, what was it? Those those little organisms they found that lived lived on arsenic, but then it ended up being not what they thought it was, and they made a big deal out of nothing. Do you remember that? It was last year, or a couple of years ago. Anyway, they were like, this is going to change everything because this thing lives off of arsenic, which we didn't think any other organic living thing could. But they ended up being something fluky. I don't know. Whatever. It ended up being something dead? Yeah, no. (laughs) The process had been identified already. Then they just didn't realize it. So... Uh, and other other scientists are saying, you know, it could be a, a sh- uh, something showing m- methane there, which means there might have been life, or there's something underneath the surface that we're not, you know, privy to. Uh, so who knows? It'll be interesting when they reveal it. Do we even know when? Have they said? I don't think they've said. Let me play some devil's advocate. Let's say that they're they figure out. Okay, some thing or someone has lived on this planet you know and now they're gone and we start getting a wild idea of okay where well, if something lived there before something can live there now what if we come to find out after doing all this research that it was us it was our ancestors they were there living and they completely <laughs> effed mars up unlivable yeah. had to go yeah. to earth and now we're like you know would that blow your Bingo. mind there it Bingo. is done that's what i'm getting at Moving I'm on. Like, why do we want to get there if, if they didn't tore it up? And I know, like, right? Shouldn't we be sending <laughs> rovers to planets that aren't that we haven't completely destroyed already? We, yeah. That would be helpful. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, my skeptic side is just coming out tonight. Yeah. I've had a little too much to drink, maybe. Well, and always when stories like that come out, the BS meter always goes off immediately. And like I say, it has to. You have to be skeptical of, of these kinds of things. So. All right, uh, are any of you interested in the tech behind the new Hobbit movie and how they're filming it at higher screen uh, or higher frame rates, which will only let it be released in about 450 screens uh, because of the the technology? Anyone? I didn't hear that, but that is fascinating considering I don't like movie theaters, and if it's at a higher frame rate, I'm assuming it's going to be a higher picture quality as the way um, IMAX film is theoretically was supposed to be. I think that's pretty good, you know, but then again, will that set a standard for the other surrounding theaters to get better equipment to, to get more movies in here? Because I hear that Hollywood is all about trying to film 4k and stuff right now anyway. Right. Right. And 4k is one thing. And then framing it, he's doing 48 frames a second. And then later on, even uh, avatar 
two, James Cameron said he's going to shoot at 60 frames a second. So then wow. the guy from The Hobbit said, well, we're going to do 120. And then James Cameron said, oh, yeah, well, so, you know. But is Life. it could be something compelling for movie theaters to get people like us to stop downloading movies uh, on torrent sites or Netflix or whatever and actually go out on Sorry. dates more. No, that's cool. Take your notification. It's fine. <laughs> we'll wait. Because, I mean, really, people are, I mean, why do you go to the movies anymore? Do I want to sit with a bunch of people or do I want to sit at my house where I can smoke and do whatever and enjoy a movie? You know, they need something more, I think, that to compel people to go out. I know yeah, what, Larry and Patrick don't watch movies. What, why, what are the characteristics of these 400 theaters that enable them to, to show this stuff? They have, uh, uh, it's just the technology that the screens have, that the theaters are. They said that uh, they're testing it first. He says, when you have something new, you want to make sure it works. That's Dan Fellman, president of domestic distribution for Time Warner. Uh, this unique, it's different, and we'll have to see how people adjust to it. So people's heads may explode. I mean, we don't even know. Is it just higher resolution? or It's a higher, higher frame rate. It's a higher frame rate. Normal, normal film's 24, right? So he's doubling right. it at 48, and then frame Avatar 2 will be... 60. So, when I look at plain old movies, I don't notice any flickering or anything. I I wonder if it's even going to be a. Well, and he, Peter, uh, what's his name? Peter Jackson, he showed a 10 minute preview at the CinemaCon in April, and he said some attendees found the images jarringly hyper realistic and too unlike a traditional film. So it's almost too real, and it's not like what we're used to seeing, which you're going against how many years of us watching movies in the same rate, and you're all of a sudden going to change it. That may not work out so well. Who knows? You know, you know it's also I, different to see hobbits than regular people. Uh, <laughs> what's that phenomenon where, where people like cartoons? Dwarfism? Like real people, but when the cartoons get too realistic, they seem like... They oh, the, uh, the Uncanny Valley? Un- yeah, exactly. What yeah. is the Uncanny Valley, Alex? Yeah, maybe, maybe there's an Uncanny Valley for hobbits, too. That, that yeah. yeah. Who knows? And is the resolution higher? or What's wrong with, these, with the other theaters that they can't show up? What are they lacking? I'm not really sure. Not I would sure. imagine. Oh, maybe, the new maybe uh, it's their projector. Yeah, the projector. They say the cinemas. The cost of bringing high frame rate viewing to most theaters is a thousand to twenty five hundred dollars per screen. Cinemas that already have the newest digital projectors typically require only a software upgrade or a new video card. So, gotcha. but you, they say many. Know, what's the resolution of it? How many pixels in a movie screen? I have no idea how that works. I don't either. A billion. I don't know, a billion. Uh, but they say a lot of the movie chains are adopting a wait-and-see attitude. Like, they're not sure if they want to dump the money to to show two movies, you know. Is this similar to the phenomenon when, you know, just 1080p and 720p came out? Um, at least for me, I remember hearing consumers in this area saying to HDTV, it's just too real. I can't look at that. Yeah, and in the chat, side slide, he says, well, honestly, the 120 hertz TV screens still look awkward to me. <laughs> so, you know, it it, it right. depends on your eyes and it depends what you're used to. And Like, go back to a CRT monitor and tell me how long you go, you know? Yeah. And it also depends on the material. If it's a lot of stuff moving around really fast with sharp edges or something. Um, well, then you need that higher frame rate, though. Static things, yeah. You're going to need your retina display. So also, uh, I guess we'll, we'll kind of shift gears and talk about some security tech, because I, I found this really interesting. A while ago, at it was Black Hat or DEF CON, a guy gave a talk about how to hack hotel locks, the little digital, the key codes and everything, and he made an Arduino-based programmer, basically, that you plug into the bottom. There's a port in the bottom of the, the hotel locks of the certain kind. And it spits you out the code, and you put that in, and the door opens. So that was back in what? That was that was a while ago. I feel like uh, that was back in July. Okay, so now it's November, right? Houston, Texas. A bunch of hotel break-ins have been carried out with burglars who are using these. They're they're popping the locks with this with this setup. <laughs> I thought that was kind of crazy that you know you had this long to fix it and 
you didn't, and now a bunch of people got a bunch of stuff stolen, and uh, yeah. So. Well, okay. Well, Matt, to 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 be f- fair to the hotels, how many hotel chains IT group is following DefCon? If your <laughs> if your business is locks, yeah, you should be. No, 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 no. Their their business isn't locks. Oh, their the IT. Is right, right, right. Yeah, those are probably they buy them once and never hear from them again. I, I exactly. would imagine. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So they 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 didn't know they care less. They're just like, how many people are coming in here this weekend? But you know? yeah, that's that's true. And how much is it going to be in you know if if what are the chances that somebody puts together this Arduino thing, gets the codes right, and actually hacks it compared to the cost of upgrading all of your stuff? Like they probably will just deal with the break-ins, right? Yeah, the more insurance than the insurance claims. Yep. More so, than talking about the tech of it, the hack was demonstrated by Cody Brocious, a Mozilla software developer, and it was at Black Hat. Uh, he said, "You you take this. <laughs> there's a there's a at the base of every Onity lock. It's a small barrel type DC power socket." He said, "Like on the old school Nokia phones, the little the like the stick that you'd plug in. Yeah. Uh, it's used to charge the lock's battery and to program the lock with the hotel's site code, which is a 32 bit key that identifies the hotel." Uh, if you plug in an Arduino microcontroller into the DC socket, he found that he could just read the 32-bit key right out of the lock's memory. No authentication required. And the key Ooh. is stored in the same memory location on every single Onity lock. And then you play the 32-bit code back to the lock, and the door opens. It takes, <laughs> He said it takes 200 milliseconds to read the site code and open the lock. I plug it in. Power it up and the lock opens. That, oh, that just goodness. blows my mind. Like, just if, I'm the, if I'm the hotel, I want to rig those doors so that when somebody plugs something into my hotel, <laughs> it shocks electrocutes the, the bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, get, you just get the first one of those in the newspaper and you take the yeah. problem. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get the same, you know frivolous lawsuits with the, the burglars suing them or, you know, hey, this guy shocked me as I was trying to open this door. Never mind the fact that I was unlawfully opening the door, you know. And the other thing is it says that, you know, they wish they could say that he spent months and months on this hack, but it took, you know, like not very much time at all. And he says the truth is it wouldn't surprise me if a thousand other people have found the same vulnerability and sold it to other governments. Like, That's how insane. easy are you assassinating your targets now when you can just yeah. pop their hotel door open, you know? That's insane. Yeah, that Israeli guys got that guy that in uh, right? Korea where they killed the guy. And so in this instance, the guy's named Matthew Allen Cook. He was 27, arrested after a laptop stolen from the hotel was located in a pawn shop and traced back to him. So if you're stealing stuff, probably not a good idea to pawn it in the same area. Just saying. Hmm. But... Pretty interesting. So, Patrick. Yes. What is <laughs> what has been exciting you technologically this week? Um. Any anything? Hybrids. Well, I I just recently uh, I guess uh, eight days ago now got a, a Nexus Seven, one of the new Nexus Seven uh, models with um cellular mobile data capability. Um, and it's my first real Android tablet. I've, I've used the uh, Amazon Kindle Fire, the original model last year, and the 2012 Kindle Fire HD. But my understanding is that that's a very, very uh, heavily forked version of Android. Um, and I didn't find the Kindle Fire particularly impressive either. Um, so uh, that's been interesting me quite a lot, just personally, because that's my uh, intro to an Android tablet. Um, and I've, you know, I've had the iPad Mini since launch day, so it's kind of fun for me to kind of be going back and forth between the two and and seeing what I like and don't like and like better on the one side. And before you had that, you were mostly iOS, mostly Apple, all Apple. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what how do you think? Yeah, what well, do you... t- tell us what you think with you know because you had the iPad and now you got the Mini. 
And mm-hmm. we we all know the story of 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 Mr. Jobs saying, you know what, that seven inch form factor is just not going to work. You know, right. and I and I know what I've seen in your G plus stream, but tell the listeners what you know what you're experiencing going from the ten to the seven and the different use cases. Okay. Um, well, so one thing, just for starters, is that um, the mini is a little bit bigger than seven. The mini is a lot closer to eight inches eight than inches, uh, yeah. it's seven point nine. So, um, and and a, you know, kind of like Apple said in their presentation, that doesn't sound like much seven point nine inches compared to seven. Um, it does feel like a lot when when I'm using the two back and forth, especially in landscape mode. Uh-huh. Um, which I use a lot with the tablet, um, especially because tablets, um, not entirely, but a lot of the time they're great when you're kicked back on the sofa, they're, you know, a second screen device or whatever people say. So I use landscape mode quite a bit, um, and it's very noticeable in, in that mode that there's just a lot less screen real estate on the, um, on the Nexus 7. Th- things I like on the Nexus 7... Uh, I love widgets. I, I don't like widgets. I love widgets. Right. Um, I messed with them a little bit back in iPhone jailbreaking days, and there were some cool jailbreaks that let you uh, kind of widgetify your your home screen. So uh, I'm a big fan of those. I think I like app switching, uh, the app switching method a little better on the Nexus 7 or on Android um, in that it doesn't require a physical home button press or a double press. Um, right. I, I also find the swipe gesture a little more elegant and easy on the Nexus 7 where you just kind of swipe sideways to get rid of a recently opened app um, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, on the... Don't you have to hit the X or something? Well, for, yeah, it's it's just... it's it's. Uh, I mean, these are all... A lot of things, you know, with I think with mobile OS stuff, when you're making comparisons, a lot of it is tiny amounts of time. You know, it, it's, oh, I had to tap twice instead of once... And it, like I was explaining this to my daughter the other night with some subject, I don't even remember what subject, and I could see it on her face that she was thinking, but, you know, that, that must be like half a second or something. But then I explained to her that the action I was talking about was an action that I probably make 25 or 30 times every day. Well, think All about right. the double click on the mouse. Like, it's the same, you don't even think about it anymore. It's so second nature, subconscious, you know. Exactly. So, you know, so I think some of these places where... It's it's a tiny bit of time saving, but if it's a tiny bit of time saving on a really often repeated action, then that's a big benefit. Um, so yeah, on, on the iPad, uh, to to kill off an app that's you know partially running in the background or whatever it's doing, um, you, you have to first press and hold on an icon in the multitasking bar, wait for a little X to come up, then hit that little X. I, I like it better on the Nexus where I just pull up that but listing that's, of recently. That's to just kill an app. You Usually you can just hit that home button and let the OS manage which apps it keeps in memory and which apps it's going to kill to free up memory, or does that not work so hot? Because it you seems know, like that would be quicker than actually killing each app. And sometimes you don't want apps restarting all the time because they'll kill your battery. Battery? I mean, yeah. like on Android it does at least. Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, I know the theory, uh, particularly on the iOS devices, the theory is that there is no real multitasking and they're, they're really not running in the background uh, except for the, uh, the handful of allowed services like navigation apps and music apps and, right, and things right. like that that are allowed to run in the background. But in day-to-day experience, I find that... Um, they're, they may not be fully running in the background, but they're still taking up resources. Um, and and you do sometimes. I, I mean, I'm never one to go in and say I'm going to manually uh, attempt to close or get rid of 15 or 20 apps at a time. But yeah, We did that. It was called Froyo. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? Just killing them all. At the, yeah. 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 But occasionally, I think it does take a little bit of management. Now, do you um, think, though, that that should be done <clears throat> Excuse me, more at an automated OS level and we shouldn't have to worry about that? Like, should the OS be able to know how much battery it has left, what it's got for processor, RAM, all that, and just handle it? You know what I'm doing on the phone. It, on the fly, it should be able to. 
and maybe I, eventually I, we'll get there, I'm sure, you know. I think, yeah. I mean, if you could vote for that as an option, I'd absolutely vote for it. The only thing is having, you know, worked with Windows, with Linux, with Palm devices, Windows mobile devices, iOS hmm. devices, uh, briefly the web, uh, web OS device with, with the touchpad. Um, it sounds great in theory, but I haven't really seen, especially on, in the mobile area, I haven't really seen a device that, that does it perfectly. And I guess on, on the desktop, we're used to managing that stuff ourselves, but we're really not multitasking in the same way we are on mobile with all the apps pulling data streams down, up, keeping themselves updated, you know, the live widget stuff. It's, it is a lot of memory that would be used if you had all that stuff running all the time. And in mm-hmm. Windows, I mean, you have, you know, if you're in Photoshop, you're in Photoshop. You're not, and maybe you have music playing or something, but you also have a lot more system resources to, to go around. And unlimited power, right? What can you yeah. do with unlimited power on your phone? Whatever. Well, you know, I wonder what um, what's going on with Windows 8 because they, they tout the, the fast boot-up times, and I thought that it had something to do with how it had the processes and services pretty much like asleep. Right, or like on Android, how it has the different levels of sleep for like the, the GPS and the Wi-Fi. If you turn it off, it'll... Yeah. So, I mean, we might be getting close... You know, there's no reason why we shouldn't be, and yeah, eventually for sure. So um, while we're while we're talking about mobile, uh, Aunt, you wrote something about the uh, trolling in the Play Store. Is is it fair to call it trolling? Yes, it is. <laughs> is it more I'm trolling than? There. Is it more than YouTube comments? Because that's what I think of as oh, that's no. trolling. No, no, no. That's oh, trolling. No. This is just I'm yeah. I'm upset at this app because <laughs> it yeah, crashed my phone. Point. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not YouTube, but man, you can go into uh, the Play Store and look at an app and call me crazy, but I actually read the the, the specs and the reviews when I go to 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 pick up something in the Play Store. Um, and every now and then you'll see an app in there that's an addition to a previous app, like it's an add-on or a plug-in or what have you. Right. And you get to the comments and, and, and the ratings, and it'll be three and a half out of five. But a majority of those comments are somebody saying, this daggum thing doesn't work. And we're like, well, you don't have the, the prerequisite app. You just installed the plug-in. It's not going to work. Right, you know, and then you look and see that the the person that's actually doing the rating is Timmy John nineteen eighty one, some kid on a device that's not even yeah. supported. Yeah, they we, don't even. We know. talked about this a lot on AOTA last night about how people like when even even if an update comes out and it breaks something, everyone will just throw one star until it gets fixed. But then you know, that's if the fair. developer's good, it'll get fixed, and then hopefully everyone remembers to go change it back to a five star but yeah, i mean it's, it's it's not fair to do that i mean don't get me wrong when skype updated a week ago or two weeks ago <laughs> one star I, skype one star yes <laughs> because it screwed up my tablet it does uh, i don't yeah. like how it works on the tablet you know but i'm not gonna go in there and just just bomb them down i'll leave a comment in my current rating because you can't do that and hopefully they'll jump on it and get it fixed but I'm not going to troll, and then better yet, I'm not going to go in as somebody other than Aunt Pruitt and put some bad rating. Right, there, I'm going to no. stand behind my trolling. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, right. If, I'm, if your app is crap, I'm going to say it myself. That's you know? right. And I've and, honestly, why are you using the comments to say stuff like that? I have had the best luck and the best response hitting the little thing that says email the developer email the and being like, "Yo, the latest update broke this. Here's the phone. Here's what ROM I'm running." And nine times out of ten, there's a reply like that night or the next day saying, here's what happened, we're fixing it, or, you know, whatever. I love but that. But if you put comments, no one... send feedback when it crashes. You yeah, know? exactly. Send all that. Well, does the, does the Play Store do better with allowing developers to, to communicate back? Because just... one of the big issues is that exactly that scenario you were describing where an update comes out and something's broken... And the developers have already started working on a, a second update that they're going to issue within hours, but they can't say that. 
the well, iOS, the App Store doesn't let them come back and tell users that. Google just added to the Play Store the, that you can, and this was a while ago, but that you can, the developer can now respond to comments. So there is that ability there, but it it's, I don't know, it seems like you just email them or send the crash reports. They're getting that stuff. And if it's a developer worth you know their weight in code, they're going to fix it. They don't want angry people switching to something else because chances are there's another app that does exactly what theirs does just especially right down in the our, list. Especially in our ecosystem. Exactly, yeah. right? Just you know, right and, and what I've noticed with my experience, Matt, is, you know, not only do you get that email to developer and send the reports off, they'll put it in the revision notes very clearly, you know, bug fix based on so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. Some of them do. I mean, they have a nice versioning of um of their product just right there in the app's descriptions, you know? Yeah. Well, it's it's getting better. I mean, I remember when the the store comments when on the OG Droid when they were all just like spam, like get a free iPad. You just had to click the thing and then click the other thing and then click spam, it would disappear. But they're getting a lot better. And adding people's real names, just like we saw with YouTube, the people that chose to link their accounts to their Google profiles and use their real names on YouTube, the the substance of the commenting is better in general than the anonymous comments. We all know what happens when people are given complete anonymity. We yeah. all, I mean, sometimes good, sometimes bad, a little of both, of course. The yin, they'll say, they'll say the first... <laughs> you see that first? <laughs> oh man! You guys remember the well, the whole Earth electronic link, the pulling board that the whole Earth catalog did way, way before. Michael, thank you. I had never heard of that, that until tonight. Okay, yeah, it, it no, was I mean, not really, when you uh, not when you said it. I, I was reading a um an article. Uh, Robert Scoble and one other guy are writing a book about like the next big wave in, in technology in the next decade is going to be a uh, connected society or something. And, and they've like traced the history of social media all the way back to that site. To the well. Yeah. I'm familiar with it from Kevin Mitnick's book, the ghost in the wires. He talks about using it as a repository for a lot of his uh, hacked source code and whatnot back when he was on the run. Yeah, if that's the, the same I, well. The reason I bring it up now is because they had a very strong uh, anti-anonymity uh, culture. The, the, the motto was, you own your own words, and you, they really did not believe in anonymity. Um, that was just their, their culture. But now the other side of that argument is what happens, and we, we talked about this on AOTA last night, but what happens in, like, in Gaza, that, that whole situation? Oh, yeah. If you post I, something with your real name, you're going to get killed yeah. if you're there. I, I have a blog, uh, La Red Cubana. It's a blog on the Internet in Cuba. And at first, when I first set it up, just, uh, you know, just so I could do it, I said, okay, I want to no anonymous comments. And then at some point I realized that that was stopping people from, some people from, from commenting. Comments, so I turned it back on. And you posted something else, Larry, on Google Plus about the Iranian blogger. Who oh, yeah. Was in a, you want to tell us about that? Well, I, I know very little about it. He's a guy who had been a blogger for a long time. Uh, he was a dissident blogger. He, uh, and he's not a kid. You know, he's like in his late 30s, I believe. So he was an, you know, an adult person. Uh, he got started getting warnings. Uh, then he got really severe warnings. Now, what was he blogging about? Just the war, uh, like politics, the political situation. But was he having he a, a something about you can't keep us in this prison? Okay, so he was having opinions about it. He wasn't just documenting. He was having what, strong okay. dissident political right, right. opinions. The government warned him. The government arrested him, and within a week, he was dead in jail. So Do you stop or move at that first, we're going to come cut your head off if you don't shut up? Like, is that, okay, I'm done, I'm moving, see you later, yeah, I'm going guy, to America. This guy was like, uh, I, you know, give me liberty or give me death. And I know it's not that death. easy. Not everyone can just pick up and move countries, especially when you're already in that situation. But Right, or just... Would stifle, you know yeah, that, some though? Some people and, aren't willing to stifle their opinion. Like I've, It's a I've martyr been, at that point. I've done a number of projects in Cuba and been there a bunch of times. And I just started another one, and I realized my wife really enforced this. I would not go to Cuba today. 
because they know too much about me, and I wouldn't feel safe to go. I don't think you're allowed to go to Cuba today, are you? Yeah, you can go to Cuba. You can get their. Uh, you can go to their four well, ways. I mean, you, you can, can go to, but as a, as a journalist, as a person visiting their relatives, yeah. as a researcher, which is how I go, or as a, uh, a cultural exchange. So yeah, I could go to. I could get in, but I, it's getting out. I've come to <laughs> Cuba to trade this culture with you. That's pretty yeah, awesome. No, I wouldn't, I'd be afraid to go to Cuba now. Sad to say. For the same reasons? Yeah. They've, I've written things and done things, and they know. They, and they I, don't they like really, it. They don't like I, that internet you brought there, Larry. They're very I, unhappy with that internet you brought. Uh, they are not too crazy about the internet that I have been an advocate of bringing for many years. And it's, um, you know, 20 years ago, I was much more pro-revolution, but I'm, I'm beginning, frankly, more and more cynical. I mean, there's bad to be said and good to be said on both sides. But, uh, too old to dodge bullets these days, I'll tell you what. Uh, too old to dodge bullets, and those guys have stayed too creepy too long. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. All right, uh, we were talking about some some Google updates. Drive now, this is kind of interesting. With Gmail and Drive, you can now send attachments to people that are 10 gigs, up to 10 gigs. Wow, that's cool. I saw saw a conversation on Google Plus about how somebody with some JavaScript to the API of Drive set up a website kind of hosted on drive and i was kind of wondering if because i have that old school picasa account that's like five bucks a year for 25 gigs and that's like in my drive so i was wondering if you could use that to host podcasts or something or audio file you know large files and how how the speeds would be and, and all that but pretty interesting that they, they are you know we're seeing this they're starting to link everything together Matt, if, if you send me a, a, a Gmail with a giant attachment on it, does that then count against my drive, uh, my total storage allocation, whatever it is? I believe, yeah, it, I believe it does. Once once it's in your inbox, it's now yours. So I believe it does. But I could be wrong. I've never actually thought about that. I it's thought good. that was the case, Matt. Yeah, that everybody's that it's your stuff. It's not like this once, one once file that we're all. Yeah, sure. it's it's yours. Well, okay, it's, it's theirs, but it's like but it's yours. Out. They just count storage, right? Storage only. Yeah, so if you really could figure out a way to host the you know video site from there, or if you could, you know how when you're on the sign up page, the space like it's incrementing up. If you could some way engineer your podcast audio files to. So that each time you released an episode, it would be the same size because that many more bytes incremented. So you would never run out of space. Do you get what I'm saying? That'd be cool. No, I don't okay. get it. Wait, don't worry they, about it. If you go to the sign-up page. grows as, a, as you add stuff. I, no. I if you go to the sign-up page, it says get Google Gmail now with this much storage. And the storage is incrementing. If you watch that That's page. Ad. Right. So if you... Never mind. I'm not even going to explain this. And you know what I'm saying? I do know. Thank when you. you go there. Will you explain know, that to Larry after the show? It's some kind of a fancy <laughs> thing that you're not really supposed to do. No, it was. <laughs> no, it was a joke. Jokes shouldn't take that much explaining. I will try harder next time. You are bad at telling jokes. Bad is you. what that means. Thank you. I thought he discovered yet another. Larry's just song. that out of touch. <laughs> No, this whole thing, it, it I don't quite get it with the whole um, 10 gigs or however large you want to send as an attachment. Um, if it's linking to your Google Drive and you're going through all of those extra steps. The point is what you, why not you just have, share it like you normally would. You Well, you have the file on Drive. Well, that's the thing, right? Why aren't you just clicking share and sending it that way? Which yeah. I guess when you do that, doesn't it open up a, a G Compose, the little box now that they're using? That would so, be no. It doesn't? No. It just what says invite is, somebody. Okay, it's like the document invite. Yeah, what it, it, it pulls up the, the box. It either allows you to just copy the link and send that or just add them as a contributor or what have you and hit done in the story. Most of the time, I just add you guys as a contributor and it'll say, I shared a document with you, you know, in your email. 
and I didn't send any attachments. I didn't do any extra steps. That, you know, just when here's another use. Sideslide in the chat says the new Google Drive app is awesome for doing high end spreadsheet editing. They allow for full on formula editing now. It's been kind of locked at seven gigs for years now, though. So I guess you can. I wonder do whether it's kind of um, a, a sideways way of building up uh, the interest in Drive as well, because Gmail is a massive application. Right, but if you're using just Gmail... Lots and lots of users, but I don't, at least in my circle of friends and acquaintances, there aren't that many people who are big-time Google Drive users, so maybe the tie-in to Gmail is going to help build up Google Drive versus things like Dropbox and Box.net and and all the other cloud-based places. That's what the other tech journalists were saying, is they're they're taking a snap at, at... box and Dropbox and whatnot, you know, but I don't know. I always thought that once it was made public or something like that, like the file at hand is made public, you just hit that button and they click the link, bam, it's there. That's what I did with my little push-up spreadsheet. Right, but can you, you can't share that with someone that's not on on Drive, right? So with Gmail, I, you could I just have. email that to anybody. Can you just with anyone? I have. Well, yeah, I go. shared it to some folks at the office that I know aren't social media savvy maybe patrick's right maybe because if you just had gmail and you didn't have drive you couldn't do this so this if if you want to send big files get this yeah i could see that yeah all right uh let's see Uh, larry you you wrote a blog post about dish getting uh some permission to use their spectrum for lte yeah yeah that's Uh, awesome had some spectrum that they had gotten, you know, presumably to do cable, uh, what do you call it, broad, satellite TV. And they have gone, they've petitioned the FCC and gotten approval to uh, use it for uh, cell communication. It's not uh, I'm sorry? Oh, <laughs> this Macintosh just told me it was 9 o'clock. I thought it was one of you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Mac. <laughs> Okay. No, but anyhow, they uh, they have the permission. There is some, and I don't know what the spec is, but there's some constraint on the amount of power they can have, and they they sort of complained about that. Maybe they're negotiating with the FCC. But then, you know, maybe what's going to happen? Are they going to become a cell company? There's speculation that they're going to do it in partnership with Google. There's speculation that they just wanted to get that permission so that they could sell the spectrum for more money than it used to be worth. Um, but you know, maybe there's all kind. There's that. Um, you know, people Does like Google? Ding and Virgin are giving cut rate prices. Uh, there's signs of competition, though. I don't know if it's enough to break the cartel, but maybe we'll get a uh, little competition in the cell space. But what if Google, if Google and the Nexus devices now have Google-powered? 3G or LTE, of course. Yeah. Like, how awesome yeah. would that be? Would you ever want to be with another carrier after dealing with what we've all dealt with for so many years? Like, if Google was like, here, no strings attached, unlimited, free Nexus device with your purchase, you know, something like that? Like, that yeah, would be so... bandwidth with your Nexus purchase. That would be awesome. Uh, that would be very nice. I mean, any kind of competition in that industry. Yeah, any, I mean, those, anything you know, else. Shit, I don't care right, what real. it is, you know. Um, Ting and Republic Wireless. I mean, anything else. I'm a satisfied Ting user, to tell the truth. Yeah, Joey on AOTA likes Republic Wireless. I mean, aside from the crappy Motorola phone they gave him. But it's an interesting just idea. While you're, just while you're mentioning uh, Google and, and, and cellular data, I, um, that's my, one of my big dislikes at the moment with the Nexus 7 is I got the one with mobile data capability and it has a lot of uh, bits of strangeness related to that. For is it instance, it's LTE or is it just 3G? Uh, it's, it's HSPA. I've never seen oh, an okay. LTE symbol come up yet, but it's yeah. got HS, HSPA certainly. Um, but there's a lot of odd things about it. Um, for starters... You uh, you can go through settings and manually disable uh, mobile data so that you're not you know burning up battery and not using it when you're in when I'm at my home Wi-Fi or someplace where I know I've got solid Wi-Fi connection. But I'm finding that uh, six times out of ten, if the device goes to sleep and then wakes back up, 
it's re-enabled mobile data even though I manually shut it off. Yeah. Don't fix it. Yeah. And I and I called I, I looked around on Google Play support and searched the web and really didn't find anything useful. So I, I called Google Play support and it's actually the the worst tech support call I've ever experienced in my life. The, oh, guy no. didn't ask, the guy literally did not ask me a single question, not one, nothing about when does this occur, how do I reproduce the issue, nothing, and he basically said, do a factory reset. He said, IT, like, did you try turning it off and on? on not, it, not even that, just do a factory reset. And I, and I said to him, I said, seriously, is there no... Honestly, though, sometimes that will fix weird glitches like that. But if it still does it after that, then there's something worse. So that's always that's like rebooting your router. It's the first thing they tell you. I mean, yeah, but there's several things. I mean, honestly, my experience so far is that um, Google support and their their carrier partner, which is only AT and T at the moment in the U.S. That's it's the only partner. Yeah. Both of them are horrendously unprepared for supporting <laughs> mobile data. I, Especially I, 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 probably I was, the numbers that they sold. But I, I have to ask, if you if you have a tablet, if you have a phone that has LTE or HSPA, why are you getting a tablet with that? Why aren't you just tethering? That seems I, – I don't understand why you'd want mobile data on a tablet. That That seems weird to me. Or do you carry an iPhone, Patrick, or do you carry an Android phone? Right, I, and that's, I carry an iPhone 4S. Um, so that's okay. why. That explains it. That's yeah. right. So that makes sense. Um, I've never been a huge fan of tethering anyway, to be truthful. But um, Really? Yeah, I can I play Shadowgun Dead Zone on on my phone's LTE when I have a good signal. And it's it's there's no lag at all. It's beautiful. Hey, yeah. get this! I'm just Netflix saying. while traveling down yes, I-85, right? To and it works. It's so awesome. Here, shut up and no, 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 watch no, no, no. this. My kids are doing it on the tablets in the back seat. The hard heads. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's kind of. And it yeah. really works smoothly. It works so it good. Works like and jobs go. You don't notice any glitches at all. As long right. as, hold on. As long as you have your phone plugged into a power source. <laughs> Because yeah, otherwise, you max out that LTE and that phone gets a little warm and yeah, yeah. it kills the battery. It definitely works, man. But because yeah, I, I'll, I'll put them in the back seat and they'll have one of them. I have the Nexus, one I have the the old hack Kindle, and I won't hear nothing out of them for two hours. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> so I know it's working. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, as soon as that signal drops, it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's cool. But other other than that use case, do you guys carry tablets around and want to be connected? To me, a tablet, not that I use it that much, but it never leaves the house. Honestly, when I'm out delivering water, I have my tablet in my backpack. It never comes out. I'm always on my phone if I need to do anything. And that's when okay, I get so home, I'm, then I'm I have the, opposite. the tablet. Whoa. I'm the opposite. I, I use my, my iPhone, I use as a phone, a camera, and occasional texting. And well, that's that's, it. Every, that's because every, your phone is only this this big. See if, oh, if you have. A, I, I know. <laughs> I heard that in the video. Things Android people say to I. Sorry, had to had that's to say just that. Wrong. I had to say it. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. No, I, mean, I I use a tablet for just about. I mean, when I'm out and about, I use a tablet for just about everything. I mean, for reading, for emailing. I I uh, I take the uh, one day a week, and I go and. Uh, just because I work at home and I like to get out a bit. So I'll, I'll do one day a week where I blog from my iPad and, you know, I take it out with me and, and write blog posts from there and do everything I want to do from, from the tablet. So why would I, you not take, wouldn't it be better to take a laptop? I guess. No, not really. Uh, you're as fast and productive on the iPad as on a laptop. Nearly. And, and I don't have the, the, uh, time it takes to kind of get my laptop all packed up and get all its power connectors and that. yeah no if I'm using the iPad easier are you a those, minute um, man like you get the call and you got to go or what sorry what was that oh, i just asked if you were a minute man you you were saying like you didn't have time to get all the stuff together like when you have to go <laughs> oh, i was just wondering no, like not what that i don't have time just that I, it saves me time yeah for sure I'm I'm sort of like Patrick. My my tablet goes with me to the office every day, and 
I'd much rather pick it up to to read and 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 go through my flipboard and stuff like that. Even though my laptop is right there in front of me at my desk, I will sort of scoot back, grab my tablet, put my feet up. Oh crap, boss is probably listening. And um <laughs> and just go through my feeds and stuff. On you know? my lunch break while my phone yeah. rings in the middle of my yeah. podcast. <laughs> That's not my phone. That's Uncle Larry. I know it's oh, shit. it's fine. But, um, I got you. All right. But yeah, it, it, it's I, I like my tablet for that, and and it's and it's always on Wi-Fi. I don't necessarily need it need it three G on it because you know the other stuff like the read it later's and then the books are already downloaded and saved, so I don't necessarily have to have the connection to it. Good stuff. I I actually find. I uh, like photo editing much better. I, I do a lot more photo editing on my iPad now than on my laptop. Is it because you can fill the screen or, or why? Photoshop? What are you using on there? No, I was about to say, I think it's because my, my level of photo editing is not really advanced, you know, super professional. Oh, so you're using it's the sliders just, and stuff? Yeah, I just really enjoy uh, a few of the apps that are uh, on the iPad, uh, particularly one called Photo Toaster that Uh is just um, like really powerful set of features, more more powerful than I make any good use of, but incredibly easy to use. Kind of like what we're doing with the Android photography thing. and We'll take a picture and then adjust it real quick, edit it on the phone and then up it. Not not using preset filters, but yeah, doing the slider thing and making it really look look nice. That's that's a good use of that. But for like full editing, I don't know. I'd need a laptop with Photoshop, I think. Now that I think about it, I did actually write one of my new domain articles on my tablet. Just to see if I could do it with the keyboard dock, or just talking to it. No, I just, just typing on the screen. Just held up the Nexus Seven and just. You know what? I wrote half of the Blame EP on my tablet, just typing on the screen. Nice. Right? I just wanted to see. I just wanted to see if I could do it, and I was able to do it. You know, I mean, granted, I didn't get all of my um, screen captures and things like that well, to put yeah, images yeah. to put in there, but. I was like, "Huh, I guess I can do this." And actually, know, now and that I, hyperlinks and stuff. Now that I think about it, I made most of the Yats and the AOTA sites on my tablet, just doing all the, setting up all the stuff on WordPress and cPanel and all that. But right, yeah, good. What good app use, did good you? Stuff. What Android app did you use for that? The it web was browser all, for me. It was just Google Docs and yeah, and Docs. Okay. Drive, drive, Evernote, Evernote's good. I mean, there's there's a ton of stuff like that. I still haven't crossed over to Evernote yet. Well, you you don't need to now. The only reason we had to back in the day is because editing on Google Docs on mobile was terrible. It was that individual line crap. It wasn't yeah. one whole. So Evernote gave you the one whole edit box. So we use that instead. But now Google Drive caught up, so it doesn't really matter. All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention? The the demo Samsung phone connected to a keyboard, mouse, and monitor you set up, Larry. That was kind of interesting. Unmute Larry, yourself, Larry. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, I want I want to talk about this just real quick because I think it's funny. Computer World has an exclusive here saying that Nokia seeks to block the sale of some of Rim's products. I just thought that was so, like, counterproductive because, like, Nokia, Rim, come on, Nokia, Rim's not selling any products. What are you talking about? a fine job all by themselves. I know, right? Like, what are you talking about? Why are you wasting? You should take the money you're going to spend on that lawsuit and buy some playbooks or something. That's that's, that's just screwing up Nokia's stock right there because they're giving themselves losses by wasting money on it. Right. Well, and nobody likes – I mean, everyone likes an underdog, but no one likes the guy that's kicking the dead horse, right? So, come on. (laughs) You just got negative PR points, Nokia. Well, no. don't a lot of people think Nokia is going to be like if Rim does actually fail? Or, Nokia's you know, next. Sold off for <laughs> Nokia is like the next one that people expect to fail as well, aren't they? Unless Nokia buys Rim and then fails. I mean, you know, it could, it could go either way. Either, yeah. And then takes Microsoft with them. Who knows? Who knows? So what are you, what are you saying, Patrick? Nokia don't have a chance either? <laughs> Not with oh, Windows I, no, phones. I, I don't know, but I, I know that it seems like some people think that 
don't a lot of people think it was their last big swing to partner with Microsoft? A lot of people thought that yeah. they should have went with Android first, but but then they said their last prayer was Microsoft, and nobody, I don't know, who knows? We'll see. Maybe Phone 8 will be better. <laughs> I don't you know. You know, I saw, I just saw the actual release date for BlackBerry. You for know, BB10, remember we were 2013. saying 2013, 2013 is coming, 2013, right? No Check joke. Check this out. It is January 30th. January 30th. 2014? No, I mean, it's just what's taking them so long? You know, why not do this, you know, start the year out? You know, they wait till the year the, the year gets a month old and say, oh, okay. Here's because our February is the month of love, <laughs> and they want everyone to be in a really good mood when they drop this thing because oh my gosh. it might not be pretty. Just say Orson Hines, boy, I hope you're ready. <laughs> hope to you're to ready. be like on that board right now and just just completely thrilled with your choice and in investments, you know. <laughs> oh, hey, well. I, I don't know if we're out of time. Uh, if so, you can. I'll make more time. Never, but, That's fine. But, um, just along those kind of humorous lines. What do you guys think of Amazon with with all their announcements of we broke another record, we smashed, we doubled up Kindle sales, and they never ever give any f- numbers? Oh man, that's that's Spin City. Yeah, anybody can. <laughs> that's Spin City. We've doubled our download viewership. Ah, oh, like yeah, okay. Well, I mean, even, heck, even with with Google Plus, and you know, I'm not going to speak for the rest of you guys, but I'm a big fan of Google Plus. But they touted having a gazillion user accounts, but they never said how many were active. Yeah. You know, because you take in consideration with every Android phone out there, well, I shouldn't say every, but just about <laughs> mo- just about every Android Most. phone out there, when you activate it, 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 it pretty much signs you up to Google Plus. Well and look what they're doing with YouTube. I mean, there's a lot of people that are that were just YouTube people and not Google Plus that are pretty upset about this whole move. Yeah. And I just I, when I logged in to update the AOTA show from last night, they they was like, "Would you like a tour of the new YouTube interface?" I'm like, "Oh, cool. No, I wouldn't." But thanks <laughs> for asking. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's it's it looks it looks sort of like Google Plus. I you. think they that's they have to do it that way though. They got to do it like yeah. a band-aid and just rip it off, just cram everything in there and get a stick and then cram a little bit more and then just be like, <laughs> "Now use it and just enjoy use- it." Because what's your other option? Doesn't well, yeah, matter. I mean, they're they're ramming a lot of it down your throat, aren't they? I mean, the the even like do you do you guys like having the personalized search results? I like or, it, but I'm used to it because I lived in Google's stuff for yeah. so long. So it's honest, Patrick. I like it as well. The only you time like I stuff that your friends have. Okay, right. Yep. I trust those guys. But it depends what you're searching for also. Yeah. Because most of the time when I'm searching, I'm searching for factual stuff and that it doesn't matter. Like I don't get a lot of my results are the same regardless because it's that. But if you're searching for like celebrity, I, I don't know. I don't it doesn't really seem to make a difference. You know, the average consumer, it'll freak them out. I've had a few people say to me, I was searching for so and so and saw one of your hard heads pop up in Google random you know and i say well it's because you're signed in and you know we're we have each other circled and so forth and this is the kind of stuff that's going to happen you know like and i was searching for a new webcam on new egg and your kids came on and told me to listen to this thing called listen to yes i I don't know what the hell (laughs) (laughs) oh get this get this i know this is a sidebar but the the hard heads have been going to school and promoting yats in school. Really? Telling the teachers, go to YouTubes and look up hardhead yats. And sure enough, people have been watching that thing. <laughs> and, watch- and I've been getting tweets saying, my daughter or my son was in school and was coming home telling me to look at something about yats. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I found episode 34 and I heard your friend Patrick Jordan drop the F-bomb. <laughs> Nah, it's cool, man. It's cool. I have a sensor beep sound that I have just for that occasion. 
So oh, no awesome. worries. <laughs> Actually oh, makes yeah, it let's funnier. Try it out. Makes it funnier. No, it's not live. It's uh, after. No, the Larry. No, no, let's Larry. Try nuts. no. All right. Larry. Thanks for listening, guys. It's been a fantastic show. Yet another techshow.com. Uh, Patrick, do you want to tell everyone what you're writing lately? Uh, yeah, I'm writing a fair bit about the Nexus 7 and um, mobile data and, uh, and lots of good iPad mini stuff. Uh, over on I, mean, I, I run a site that's all about the iPad so a, lo- a lot of iPad stuff and that site is what's your site uh, it's iPad Insight iPadInsight.com fantastic right. check it out and over on a new domain.net Larry Press on Google Plus just don't invite him to a hangout because he won't get it he won't find you <laughs> he won't find you yes. you guys don't send me those I didn't get the shared we actually shared Larry we never send you anything <laughs> And then we just no, wait. We wait till you're like, hey, guys, I didn't get that. And then we're like, oh, dude, Hello? send, send Hello? it to Larry. <laughs> All right. Uh, every Wednesday, like I said, yet another tech show.com. That's our site. Check it out. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.